in the morning. When you want the news, you need the front page every hour on the press box. Nothing's writing on this except the uh, First Amendment, the Constitution, freedom of the press, and maybe the future of the country. Not that any of that matters. And now, the news. A story from the Review Journal this morning. Zayon Collins' lawyers want all charges dropped. Zayon Collins, basketball player from Bishop Gorman that was signed to UNLV, was a top 50 recruit in the 2021 class, but was involved in an accident uh, in which a man died. But his lawyers are now looking to get all charges dropped. Um, what, what is their reasoning here? What's their argument for why they should be dropped? Apparently, and I read it quickly, but there was a video, uh, someone had a videotape, I don't know where that came from, that suggested uh, the gentleman who was killed in the accident uh, pulled in front and um, did not have the right to make the turn. I, I didn't. I read the story quickly. I'll just say this, and, and I have reached out to Ash from Salmon Ash because I would like to know her thoughts, but when you have someone driving at Zan Collins' speed with a, as the police said, a leafy substance in his car, I know nothing about the law, and I don't want to presume here, but just on the outside looking in, I would be surprised, maybe I'm wrong, the charges were dropped. Usually, and you can tell me if you think in these situations, a judge, or in this case, a justice of the peace, would say, okay, I'm going to let someone else decide this, because someone is dead. So we'll move forward with this, if there's a jury or whatever, but let's keep moving forward. I can't believe someone that was traveling at his speed in an accident where someone died that she would just dismiss everything and say, we're done here. Maybe there's, I believe there's actually a, um, a, a peer appearance this morning. I think there's something that's happened this morning and this is his next court uh, court appearance. Uh, so we'll see pretty quickly, maybe, you know, before we're off the air, I, I don't I don't know what you think. I, I just would be surprised if today we're reporting tomorrow that it's all over. Yeah, I, I would be too. Just I mean, everything you said, the details around Zayon Collins in this accident. It, I don't know. It's got to be hard that you just throw that out. But I'm yeah. like you. I don't know the actual no. legal details of what would determine if it gets thrown out or not. But that would seem that would seem a tough thing to do, given the circumstances of a man dying, Zayon Collins yes. driving over 80 miles an hour, and Zayon Collins being under the influence. That's crafty wording right there. I give you credit. <laughs> UNLV has reached out to Texas A&M transfer Jackson Robinson. Uh, he was a freshman last year, only played 14 minutes a game, 2.1 points per game. Uh, but he was a four-star top 70 recruit in 2020. He's also had some other power conference teams offer him like Ohio State, Oklahoma, Oregon, Penn State. So he's got a lot of offers there. But what is interesting about Jackson Robinson and Texas A&M, he's from Oklahoma. And when he chose Texas A&M, Oklahoma was one of his finalists, was one of the final four schools he was choosing between. Obviously, Kevin Kruger has hired Carlin Hartman from the Oklahoma bench. Obviously, Lon Kruger is out here, even though not in an official capacity, uh, but he is in Vegas after retiring. So there might be a chance UNLV has a past relationship with Jackson Robinson on the recruiting trail that could lead him to Vegas, even though he has better schools interested in him. Yeah, so usually I think you'll agree on this situation, it comes down to two things. One, if his main you know, concern, which I assume it's a, it is a main concern, playing time, shots, whatever, that's what Kevin Kruger, as we've said in the past, that's what he's selling right now. 
you're not beating those other schools or many of those schools just on name. It's not happening. So if this is a kid who wants to stay to power five level and Ohio State or whoever convinces them, look, you want to go to the tournament, you want to play deep in the tournament, whatever, they're not going to get this kid. But if the most important thing to him is to play a leading role and you can sell him on playing time, then they might have a shot. And there is, you know, the Oklahoma connection. Usually there's a lot of connections with this a kid, a kid like this in terms of who recruited him before, what assistance or other places. So the, the chances UNLV had a, as a kid like this is they can sell him on playing time and, and roll. But you're not, because again, you're not being in Ohio State, Colorado, Oklahoma, Oregon, schools like that just on one-on-one and, you know, we're better than them. So we'll see. I mean, I... Kevin continues to reach out to Power 5 kids and try to bring them in. So he's uh, he's been successful so far with a few of them. It's interesting that, that with Jackson Robinson, because the what you just said about selling them on playing time, if Jackson Robinson were to, let's say he commits to UNLV and he's coming to UNLV, then UNLV would have four guys to play on the wing. Jackson Robinson, Nick Blake, Donovan Williams, and Justin Webster. And it's hard to find significant minutes for four guys playing on the wing. So if Jackson Robinson comes here, more than likely one of those four guys is getting pushed out of the rotation. And you're talking about Donovan Williams transferring in for more playing time, not getting it. Or Justin Webster taking that step up from Hawaii, not getting it. Or Nick Blake, who is one of the bright spots. Well, there's only three returners, but one of the bright spots as far as the last year's roster going into next year, not playing. So it'd be interesting to see if they land him and how Kevin Kruger manages those minutes when presumably he's been telling guys yeah we've got plenty of playing time right at some right. point there's not enough for everybody is, is anyone else worried that when you google kevin krueger the first image that comes up is him apparently wearing a unlv jersey designed for shaquille o'neal where were you yesterday we talked about this yesterday i know but it's still like i'm not i'm not over it i i i Scroll down a little bit and find the one of him in a magic jersey. It's pretty good. What do you think? The U.S. Women's National Team. (laughs) 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 The U.S. Women's National Team was drawn into a group with Sweden for the Olympics. Their group is the United States, Sweden, Australia, and New Zealand. The United States is ranked number one in the world by FIFA rankings. Sweden is number four. And New Zealand, or excuse me, Australia is number nine. New Zealand's a little bit further back. But there's only three groups for women's soccer in the Olympics. Not many teams make it. I think two of the top five teams of the world did not make it in Germany and France. Um, So it's small here, but this is the only group in the Olympics that has two top five teams and three top ten teams by the FIFA rankings. Who's doing these draws? The same people as the uh, Champions League, which screwed my Man City side? Right, exactly. It's ridiculous. Meanwhile, Netherlands, I don't think Netherlands even has to play a top 10 team. Netherlands is in the top five, but they're going to, they got a breeze to the, to the knockout stages here. So U.S. women's national team should still do it. They haven't lost a game in like, they're at like 30, 40 something straight games without a loss. So they should be fine, but we got screwed a little bit with this group here. Next question. The NFL has loosened its positional jersey number rule. So the NFL has very specific or had very specific rules as to which numbers certain players could wear. But now it's been loosened to where defensive backs and linebackers can wear 1 to 49. Uh, Running backs, wide receivers, tight ends, fullback can also wear 1 to 49 plus in the 80s. 
Uh, but quarterbacks, kickers, and punters are still limited to 1-19. to Offensive linemen are still limited to 5-79. to And defensive linemen are still limited to 9-90. to My only question is this. Why do we still have any need for, like, jersey numbers specific to certain positions? Like, why does it matter what number a running back or a defensive lineman wears? I'm not sure, but I know this was made because of what the NFL always does, and every decision is predicated on money, right? So, guess what? You know, this player changes from 42 to 7. We're selling more jerseys. Uh, You know, all these jersey switches, that's all this means. Why do this other than that, right? I mean, why... I mean, did you have that many arguments or complaints from, you know, Joe Linebacker that he really wants to wear number two? I mean, was he really worried about that? They kind of said, hey, if we do this, there'll be more jerseys out there with different numbers. And your favorite player, you can now buy yet another jersey from us. So when I saw this, I'm like, eh, it's just all about money. I don't wear jerseys, so I don't know how big a deal this is. But um, I would like to see, like, Derek Carr in number 67. Like, that'd be kind of funny, right? You know, it'd be kind of funny. What's actually interesting about changing numbers is that if a player changes his number right now for next season, that player has has to buy out all of the inventory of his current jerseys. So, like, like if, if, um, whatever, if Josh Jacobs wanted to change his number to single digits, Josh Jacobs would have to buy all of the Josh Jacobs 28 jerseys. (laughs) that have been created already. And I, I think there's I think there's a rule in there that if you give you can give them like two years notice and then you won't have to do it, but you have to wait two years. But yeah, if you're a player and you change your number right now for next season, you've got to buy all your jerseys. And I'm sure the NFL is taking that money and doing what with it? Uh, of course they're putting it back into the league, Ed. The owners of wouldn't course, just yeah, take why money not? and why spit not? on it. Why would this they do that? Never, this they- league never ever um, senses uh, uh, doesn't amaze in terms of the bottom line and cash. Now, if you said Josh Jacobs has to buy them all out and that money directly goes to this charity, maybe Josh Jacobs thinks, well, it looks good It looks good for me and I'll do that. But if I'm Josh Jacobs and Roger Goodell saying you can have it, but you're spending giving us this much money back, I'd start laughing. Like, I'm not paying you anything. Ed, you didn't make enough money. They lost all that money due to the pandemic. They couldn't open. <laughs> they lost money. <laughs> they got to make it back Somehow. (laughs) Man, you know, that's a great question. The Oakland A's scored three runs in the 10th inning yesterday without recording a hit. They walked off on the Twins. So it was the 10th inning, which means the runner started on second. And here's how the inning went. Fly out, strike out. So two outs. Back-to-back walks to load the bases a fielding error on the second baseman, and then a throwing error on the third baseman, which allowed two runs to score and the A's to win the game, scoring three runs in the 10th without getting hit. I will tell you, so I had this game on. The Twins scored two runs in the top half of the 10th. The first two batters got out. I was like, all right, the game's over. I went and walked my dogs. I come back and the A's post game is, well, the A's have won 11 in a row. And I'm like, how the hell did they do that? And they didn't even get a hit to do it. Two things. Moneyball. We've got to get you we've got to get you out walking more if you're watching this game. Another thing is, how how <laughs> excited, how excited was Brad Pitt on the treadmill underneath the stadium yesterday? <laughs> well, he, he wouldn't was, have been I mean, watching it. He would have quit watching well, it. Well, I mean, no, he would have heard the screams, right? He would, he would have heard the crowd. I assume he hears the crowd when he's on the treadmill. So uh and Jonah Hill's texting him and saying, Hey, you can't believe what we just did. Uh 
that's you know it's it's interesting. I I I I, I shouldn't I shouldn't take a shot at you because I actually was watching the Padres Brewers because yet again the Padres lose ten and ten. The Padres are closer to fourth place than first. I feel bad for them. Big series Wait, starts tonight in L.A. Did, did, the, did the Corbin Burns guy pitch yesterday for the Brewers? I believe he did. I picked it up in the seventh inning just because I knew they were losing. Ah. If they were winning, I would have never watched it. Corbin Burns this year. You may have never heard of him before. That's okay. Four starts, 24 and a third innings pitched. He's struck out 40 batters and ah. allowed one run. 40 strikeouts in 24 innings and allowed one run. He's unbelievable this year. Nobody's going to beat that oh. guy. What if that guy starts right. game one against us in the playoffs and I'm, oh, I'm with geez, you? Oh, Jesus. Oh, oh, my God. Oh. It's April 22nd, and <laughs> Stop being worried about a five-game playoff series. Oh. Coming up next, you know what? We're going to actually get into the Golden Knights game from last night because they clinched a playoff spot. I find myself always looking at need, and that's where you got to be cautious. You start chasing players instead of this whole the whole idea of value is completely new to me, and that's something that uh, you know I'm relying on, you know Joe Cullen and Bevel as coordinators and Brian Snyder who have extensive uh, experience in the NFL and then obviously Trent and his staff. So I've I'm a quick learner. I've been working at this now for about three months, and the last I can't imagine the last three four weeks. You know this has been our entire life. Back to the Press Box Morning Show with Ed Graney and Tyler Bischoff. Be part of the conversation on the Finley Kia text line at 69187. Finley Kia, come see a Kia on West Sahara. The Golden Knights beat the Sharks last night. And Ed, wasn't that game so much more fun than the Patrick Marlowe Love Fest? Well... The scraps and the fighting were. Um, I love when uh, players, I guess on both sides, but we you know, know VGK players better, kind of get in scraps, and you're like, yeah, I don't think that guy's a good fighter. I'm like, eh, <laughs> I don't think. Like, I would take Burns over Pacioretty. Like, well, I, yeah, I, 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 of course. That's a huge, that's a huge mismatch. And, you know, Tuck kind of come, comes in at the end of a play when Kane gets involved with, I think, Martinez and does the push and everything. I, it, I, I kind of have more, like, laughs at things than I do, like, oh, this could be serious. And, you know, then, of course, I've got to refresh Twitter. Scrap at the at T-Mobile Arena. This could be a brawl. This could be this. Like, eh, they're just kind of pushing each other. The, the refs get there quickly. Nothing really ever happens. Last night is what Golden Knights-Sharks games are supposed to look like, where you have guys taking cheap shots at each other. You're not supposed to be nice to them. Why would you be nice to them just because Patrick Marlowe's old? Like, why? I'm still mad about Monday night and the Golden Knights being all courteous to the Sharks when those are what the games look like. Every other time these two teams play, it's Britt Burns taking cheap shots at Max Pacioretty and Pacioretty trying to cross-check him back. Like, that's what it is. Do you remember yeah. how mad Golden Knights fans were they, when they hired Pete DeBoer? Because he came from the Sharks? Oh, yeah. That's oh, yeah. how you should always yeah. feel about the Sharks. Not just because Patrick Marlowe is old. That's ridiculous. Now... Important question for you. Why did the refs not actually let anybody fight last night? I mean, that's, well, does it, does it not, thinking about this, this is a weird thing to say. I think when they're kind of in, in open space and clear ice, they let them go a little more than like if they're in the corners and the boards because they can stop it quicker. I mean, like last night, most of the stuff, if you remember, I think I'm right here, 
happened against the boards or like when Martinez got, Kane took Martinez out and, and Tuck came in, it was against the boards, where it seems like if they're on open ice, they kind of let them tug each other's shirts and throw a few more bombs than when they go in there. Maybe if they think they can go in against boards, or you know, they're less act, likely to get hit. I don't know. I have, I have no idea. But I thought last night, they broke them up really quick, and most of them were against the boards or in the corner. They weren't, like, out. I have Pacioretty and Brent Burns are going at it, like, in open ice, and I, I think there's a little more to it, and I think that, you know, some more shots get thrown in there. There were So there were two chances, Pacioretty and Burns, and I yeah. I would wonder, like, if Pacioretty kind of said no because you technically have to ask to fight. But, like, Brent Burns, like, threw his gloves off and tried to grab him by the face. Like, Brent Burns yes. absolutely wanted to fight. And maybe Pacioretty yeah. was saying no, but the refs jumped in immediately and broke that up. But the worst one was, it while that's happening, Evander Kane and Alex Tuck had already yeah. taken their gloves off and had both punched each other. They were already punching each other. And instead of just letting them fight and giving them the five minutes for fighting... The ref came in and broke them up, and they didn't get a penalty at all. So Kane yeah, and Tuck, yeah. they, they punched each other after the play was over, and the refs were like, ah, no penalty there. Like, I didn't, I didn't comprehend why they didn't let at least those two fight because they were both very clearly okay with fighting each yeah. other, and the ref broke it up. That would be a fight I think I'd want to see. I don't know who I'd favor in it. I mean, Burns would be like, I don't know, like minus five dollars at the book against Pacioretty. That would not even that would that would not be fair. But Tuck and Kane, I could see Tuck's got a little something to him uh, to where I think that would be a good little fight. Something and then, to him. Well, I mean, he's got you know he's got a little streak. And I mean, you know, he came in and pushed Kane on the other one. Like I said, when Martinez kind of got taken out, even though I'm sorry, I didn't think it was a dirty hit on Martinez. They, the puck was still there when Kane got him. So. I'd rather see that fight. Like the Pacioretty one, maybe we couldn't see it, and he was screaming no, 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 so they kind of skated in and broke it up. Um, but, yeah, there, there's just certain matchups. You're like, yeah, this isn't going to be good. And then there's others like, yeah, let's see. Like, again, we all wanted to see Marlo grabbing little Jonathan Marcheseau's helmet and Marcheseau's arms flailing and Marlo just kind of laughing, but we never got to see that. Yeah, it would have been great if he got in a fight. Great. Um, do we, has Alex Tuck ever been in a fight? I'm like that I'm we remember a, like a real one in the middle of the ice against somebody. Yeah, like where, where the refs actually let them fight. You know, like I don't has remember he, that. Has he ever been in one? Because he's well, kind of in that. He's kind of in that category of where he's a good scoring forward, so you wouldn't really want him to fight. Okay, here we go. He had he has been in a fight. Three fights in his career. Um, his first one came when he was in Minnesota. He fought once in the first season, and or he fought twice in the first season. Has not fought since then. Okay, I mean, yeah, Alex has got to fight. You got to fight, man. Well, you can't. You can't. You got to. Okay. You got to fight again. It's twenty twenty one. We're looking at like three or four years since you fought. Okay, so he had three fights, but again, here's the thing, and it's I guess it's all subjective, or I don't know really who is in the basement judging which is a fight, which isn't. You know, they got some guy back in New York, and that's his only job, but. So to you, let me ask you this, because Kane and, and Tuck did throw punches, uh, and then they got another little scrap later on. Like, to me, answer me this, what, what constitutes a fight? Like, do they have to be out well, in open get, ice where everyone sees it? I mean, well, get, was Burns and Pacioretty a fight? Okay, so no, that's no. it. So that's the, yeah. that's the subjectivity, if you get a penalty for it. Yeah, yeah, you get a penalty okay, for so, it. If the, if, the, if the refs let you fight and you get the penalty. Like, last, I mean, technically, Kane and Tuck actually punched each other. Yeah, Hell, that should have been a fight. 
right? There were more punches in that five seconds than yeah. most Ryan Reeves fights. But yeah, the, for some reason, the ref said, no, you guys have to stop, even though like they had just punched each other and were still ready to keep going. Like the ref, yeah. for some reason, I, that's that was the that was the confusing part is I didn't understand why you've got two guys, gloves dropped, already punched each other. I feel like normally you let them go. Like they're they're separated from the rest of the shoving. I don't know. It was confusing. And Alex Tuck and Evander Kane fighting is I feel like that's the thing. Like Alex Tuck, he looks like somebody that could fight. Like he looks like somebody at the Golden Knights that you would want if you were picking somebody to fight. He looks like he'd be closer to the top of the list than the bottom because he's pretty big. I don't know if he's any good yeah. at it, but he's pretty big and he hasn't done it in like three years. So we need some more Alex Tuck fights. Get out there. I'm, I'm currently searching our logs, but uh, unfortunately, all of the highlights that are fights are labeled fight first period, fight second period. <laughs> <laughs> so I have to look at them based on date created and kind of I'm just guessing. <laughs> Can you play one for us? Just let's take a guess and we'll Just find like out who it is. Just like out of the blue. Is. Yeah, play like the first one you see. All right, here we go. Here's the draw at center. And Someone we're going to have a fight. Yep, everybody just was standing around watching. It's going to uh. be Reeves and Borvietsky. And you wonder if this has anything to do with the hit on Eakin from the last matchup. Reeves, oh, walloping away. They tumbled down in the linesman dive on top. There you go. Well, Cody Eakin was involved. So yeah, I was going to say, like... Man, all, uh, the, all that guy ever did was cause trouble. Jared, if you if you only have dates, February twenty first, two thousand eighteen. Oh, don't. I thought you said you had dates. No, oh, you only I, have first period. Oh, I had literally brutal. a fight first period, and I have it. Brutal. I have it sorted by created dates. I have one that's uh, labeled Sabiza. Don't know who that is. Uh, Lucas Pisa. He uh, was on the first. Oh, team. Lucas, oh my oh, god! So uh, I forgot well, Alex about Tuck's him. most Alex Tuck's most recent fight was in the third period. So, against Calgary. I don't know if you have that information nope. of who the game is No, against. I do not. <laughs> I'm glad of all the details to give, the period is probably the least important one. Yeah, yep. shouldn't they have fight Reeves 1, fight Reeves 66, uh, fight Patchetti 0? Yes. Uh, you know, and just kind of go through the names. I mean, <laughs> any information at this point would be helpful. Like, the date would be great. Uh, give give us one more. Give us another shot. Just trying out a third period one. All right, hold on. Let me find a third period one. That, okay. Apparently, this team doesn't fight very often in the third period. Like I got uh, third uh, period's winning time. It's winning yeah, time. That's when the game's on the fights. line. All right. Ah, well, I got a I got a Reeves third period fight. Like the ones that are involved, Ryan Reeves are all labeled. <laughs> okay, give all it right. to us anyway. All right, hold on. Got to load it up. Whistle stops play. Look out now. A fight at center away from that scuffle. It's Reeves and McQuay. Two heavyweights. An old-fashioned bout at center. Reeves reaches in. Several hard rights from Reeves. One return right from McQuaid. Another and a left jab from McQuaid. Trying to come with the right cross. Reeves protects. Comes back. Knocks McQuaid's helmet off. Couple of rights. Oh, on the back of the head. Reeves. McQuaid trying to shake his elbow guard loose. He gets knocked down by Reeves. That was actually a good call. Yeah, that was that a really was, good that fight. Good yeah. Yeah, that hey, what, are good. The, what are the odds the guy got really excited and there's only one punch thrown in that? <laughs> That's the great thing about radio. Eh? Yeah. Nobody yeah, can like, see you know, it. Nobody can see. Nobody really knows. There wasn't <laughs> even a fight. He made it the whole thing even up. been a fight. This yeah. might have All been right. like during a timeout. Coming up next, Darren Millard joins the show.
Moose, you just keep on moosing. This doesn't concern you. Maroon is not just a color. This is the VGK Update with Darren Milsey Millard. All right, Darren, I've got a very important question for you. What was better, the Patrick Marlowe Love Fest on Monday or the mini melee that happened on Wednesday? They were both great in their own way, but Pick I one. like the return to normalcy. I like the return to normalcy Thank you. and the electric yes. bubble. Yes, Darren Millard agrees with me. This is what I'm here for. Thank you, Darren. That's all I needed from you. Isn't it amazing that they could put it all aside and let Patrick have his moment? And No, it's not amazing. That? They sh- they should have tried to beat him up afterwards instead of giving him high fives. <laughs> well, they tried to get Evander Kane at the end of the first period on Monday with, uh, with Robin Leonard and Alex Petrangelo. And then they went their separate ways. Yeah, and then they were all yeah. nice the rest of the time. Brutal. It, it, was, it Brutal. was very unusual to see. Yeah. It, was, it was like a ceasefire uh, for, for, for one night. It was, it was strange. And then last night, right back to normal. Good. Good on them. We, we pretty much put uh, Burns as a minus $5 favorite against Pacioretty. We don't think that would be close. And yet we kind of were even on Kane versus Tuck. Tyler looked up. Tuck's had three fights in his career, but not one in a really long time. Do you like the odds on either of that? And do you agree with us on Burns against Pacioretty that that might end pretty quickly? Uh, well, I think I think Pacioretty's got some fight in him. There's a like, he he can get a burr under his saddle, and I think he's a big man and he's strong. I think that one's closer than than people might expect. Uh, Evander Kane uh, is. He is named after Evander Holyfield. Uh, he's a boxer, and uh, and he's. Uh, I think that one's that one's a quick one. Uh, I think really? there's okay. some uh, real really? skill okay. there in Evander Holyfield. Uh, so I am. I, I am. So what you're saying is I'm overestimating Alex Tuck's fighting ability. Uh, I would say that against uh, Evander Kane. Yeah, yeah. I, I would say so. I I give uh, I give. Uh, Alex Tuck all the credit in the world for getting in there. I just loved how Dean Morton jumped in there and told him, look, you guys are the second altercation in a stoppage. If, if this happens, you're both gone. And they, they stopped immediately. It was like, oh, is, dad's home. Oh, we're, is we're that what it went? Listen, that, so, okay, that was the reasoning there because I could not figure out why the ref didn't just let him fight. Just let him yeah. go. Yeah, it would be the second, uh, the second altercation in one stoppage and and there's a uh, significant uh, punishment for that. And, and they both just, they, they, they stopped mid-punch and looked at it. Well, yeah. And then just, <laughs> just went their separate ways. Yeah. It was it was hilarious. Well, that's the other part. They had both already gotten punches in. It's not like they didn't do it. <laughs> it was great. And, and, and neither one of them got penalties. <laughs> no, not, not even roughing, roughing minors. It was, uh, they, it was they, did, they did more than Burns and Pacioretty, who went to the box. Yes, I Which would. Uh, very, I would agree with that uh, wholeheartedly. Boy, boy, Burns is a big man, isn't he? Yeah, yeah. he is. And, and it just—I know he plays for San Jose, and, and we don't like San Jose. But for a, for a man that size to be able to skate and and have the the hands that he does is is a freak of nature. No, so my favorite thing about Brent Burns is from when we were used to allowed to go in the locker rooms. He would after games, anytime I'd be in a, the Sharks visitors locker room. He'd have two pieces of pizza. They'd be pushed together on top of each other, and he'd just be devouring it, and he wouldn't talk to the media until he finished his little pizza sandwich. And that's like the epitome of great athlete in the NHL is just devouring two pieces of pizza on top of the each other. pizza sandwich. He does uh, yeah. those, uh, those Jack Link commercials in Canada with the Sasquatch. 
and uh, oh. and it, it, it's it's awesome. It's seeing him with the Sasquatch uh, oh. together uh, is is one of those. Um, can you pick which one's which? Because they're, they're both <laughs> huge and hairy. <laughs> yeah, that that's a tough one. It's he is better. I will say this than. Eric Carlson, who said, I will talk to these guys, and 20 minutes later looked and laughed at us and said, I don't think so. I'm not still bitter about that. Let me ask you about yesterday um, with, and more obviously a serious topic in terms of Robin Leonard and him taking the 11 minutes to say what he did. I mean, there's so much to break down here in context. Uh, but when he says what the league uh, told players if they got vaccinated, and and the line part's weird, I do think that there was definitely a serious inference if you get vaccinated, we'll lose some restrictions. What do you make of that if they're now coming back and saying, well, if not everyone's vaccinated, it's a competitive disadvantage. That seems a little bizarre that they wouldn't just go team by team and say, are you vaccinated? And if so, we're going to loosen these a little. So this this is what I, I get from just doing a little bit of, of, of digging uh, on on the story yesterday is that uh, there's 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 conversations that, that take place. And, and did take place between the National Hockey League and the NHLPA regarding what's going to happen down the road. And there may have been uh, an inference to if, if everybody's vaccinated, uh, then, well, obviously, you can, you can go and then have a, a, a few more liberties. Uh, if, if, if you're vaccinated, we, we all know that, uh, those of us that are and those of us that, that aren't. Uh, not, not that you're going to go uh, free-for-all, uh, but but you you definitely feel more comfortable. That was never to get to players as a guarantee, and it does sound like either that was passed on uh, from uh, from the PA to Robin Leonard as that, or there was a misinterpretation of that. So that that's where I think the the broken telephone took place. Uh, the National Hockey League uh, absolutely denies that there's any promises or any inference that it, that was going to take place. In fact, I'll, I'll, I'll take it a step further. Three weeks ago, I had a conversation with somebody uh, high up in, in the NHL and, and talked about playoff protocols. And if there would be a change between the protocols that we see today and the protocols uh, in, in, in the playoffs with the players. And uh, I was told that there would not be a bubble but there would be some tweaks. Nothing significant, but there would be some tweaks to tighten things up. So that, that's, that's a big difference between, uh, and this was three weeks ago, uh, that's going the other way and, 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 and just uh, tightening up uh, things a, a, a touch compared to uh, giving things uh, a lot looser uh, a range. So, um, uh, I can only go on what I was told, and, and I was fortunate enough to ask that question three weeks ago, so I have that uh, to fall back on. That uh, that tells me that there is broken telephone to, to Robin Leonard in that regard, and I'm not blaming him. If he was told something or inferred something and you're, you've been in this situation for, for a long time and you start looking forward to it, like all of us, we start looking forward to something and then it's not going to happen, you're really disappointed. Uh, but just a, a footnote on it, uh, Ed. I, I think it's it's so wonderful that that Robin has the uh, stage and uses that stage, and not everybody can do what he did. But to speak so passionately about about mental health and that uh, and having bipolar uh, one and and going up and and speaking from the heart the way he did, 
does create and and just continue that conversation about uh, mental health. One in five suffer from uh, a form of uh, uh, mental health problems, and and he is uh, he's a beautiful ambassador and a beautiful advocate for it. I, I said that off the top of the show, and I'm going to write something about that, and I completely agree with you. The one thing that should not get lost in all this is his willingness to talk about yeah. something that a lot of people uh, can't talk about or won't talk about, and it affects a lot more people in this world than uh, you know some might think. So I'm totally on board with you in that, and I hope that doesn't get lost and that he continues to kind of be a voice for people who don't have a voice. So I'm totally with you on that. And that's the thing you don't want getting lost in this. They're going to figure out the restrictions and, and what's going to happen. But I thought of the 11 minutes yesterday, that was by far the most narrative, the important narrative to take away from that. And I thought it was great uh, Pete DeBoer uh, backing him up and talking about how, how it's, it's been a real challenge for, for everybody, in, including Robin, but, uh, but other players as well. And, uh, the the way that the the players stood by Robin and and discussed uh, the the mental health challenges uh, it was it, it was wonderful and and Robin saying like he doesn't care what what happens to him I there's I don't foresee any chance that there's sanctions uh, coming from him he was a player speaking from the heart and he was he was disappointed in in what he perceived as as uh, as something that uh, that wasn't going to happen that he was looking forward to and he was he was frustrated but. Uh, but yeah, that uh, it, just the, from the heart. And he spoke. There, I was looking. There was no notes in front of him. He just he read. He did his media availability. It wasn't like he walked in, sat down, and 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 sort of rehearsed what he had to say, and then did it. Uh, he entered his media availability and then went into uh, his um, uh, topic, and it was it was beautiful. Darren, with with the idea of, of maybe you know having tighter restrictions once they get to the playoffs, or just right now not loosening restrictions for vaccinated players, how how much is that because of Canada and that they have the Canucks who just basically had a month off with twenty plus guys testing positive and guys having legitimate symptoms, and the fact that it's much harder to get vaccinated in Canada than it is in the U.S. Like, how much does that impact the way the NHL makes decisions around this? Well, I, I think. Uh... Part of it—that's uh, a good question, uh, Tyler. Because it—you'd it, it, think that one would a, a would lead to B. Uh, the question that I asked uh, was before the Vancouver situation uh, took place, so they're not connected in that regard. And and uh, I'd, li- I'd like to say—I mean, you would you would look at Vancouver and then Colorado and go, oh boy, like they, they can't lose. I think that they the people in the league and and the PA a finish line here and they're really close and why why would you loosen it up now when you're when you're that close that's the rationale and that's the the messaging that i'm i'm getting is it would be really easy to loosen things up but it's it's like every time anybody's loosened it up uh in the last year it it's gone either really bad or it's got worse Nothing's got better or stayed the same uh, after they've loosened uh, up. And I think that they, they just look at all those examples and go, we're close to the finish line. When, when we get to the playoffs, we'll only have 16 teams. So half our league won't be affected by it. Let's, and then we'll be whittling it down from there. Sure, it's tough, but uh, let's just get through this now with, with what we've been dealt with and, and go with the status quo. I want to ask you this real quick because it appears they're now coming back, and I guess there's a twofold 
situation here where Colorado can come back and these guys have been rested and they're even faster and they're, you know, they're, if they're healthy, they're ready to go. Or they were so they were going so well that it was a bad, bad time for pause. Knowing that team as you do, which side would you be on more so when they get back here? I've been trying to figure that out, Ed, and and I can't. I watched uh, like Buffalo and Philadelphia and uh, New Jersey. Not great teams, but just decimated uh, after they came back. Couldn't find any type of a rhythm. And then this week, Vancouver, who had a, just ravaged through their team, uh, come out and they beat the Toronto Maple Leafs twice. Now, heroic goaltending performances in, in both games, absolutely. But they they were they were in both games. So I, I can't get a, a real beat on it uh, one way or, or, or the other. The, the one thing I will say is is it didn't go through the, the Avalanche team. There's a couple of Rantanens now on COVID list, but they say he doesn't have uh, COVID-19. It's just contact tracing. Uh, Grubauer's been out two weeks. He's going to be out two weeks anyway. Uh, it, it didn't go through their team. So I would say that the rest there is going to be beneficial for Colorado. Uh, and, and sure, there'll be a little bit of rust for, from not playing for a week, but uh, it, in comparing it to the Golden Knights, uh, Chandler Stevenson, who had the three-game suspension, and he came back, and one, one of his teammates told me he looked like a rocket ship out there uh, after yeah. three days uh, just rest from not playing. Uh, I would think that you'll see a pretty impressive Colorado Avalanche uh, on the stretch drive. Maintaining the pace that they were on, though, Ed, was was ridiculous. If you put the last right. like twelve games uh, between the Golden Knights and the Colorado Avalanche together, you've got one of the greatest stretches in the National Hockey League. <laughs> yeah. Uh, well, Darren, en- enjoy what uh, five of the next six days. You don't have a game. Enjoy your non-game days for the first time in yeah. a few months. You guys want to hang out? Eh, not really. Eh, don't, I don't know. About uh, that. I don't know. Uh, you did it. <laughs> You did agree with me today, so I like you a little bit more, but probably not that much. Look what I just did. I brought Ed Graney and Tyler Bischoff together to both go. Eh. I don't think can you, can you bring the McKenna guy? Show. He seems very cool. Yeah, yeah. I'll, can that I'll guy come over? <laughs> I know one of the Graneys would like that. Well, uh, you do that, my friend. You got a gift card in it for you. Oh boy! Did we just do arrange prostitution. I don't know what's happening here, but uh, yeah, we might need to we might need to get Darren off the phone before something else happens here. Thanks, Darren. Uh, Thanks, Darren. Matt Baker. Bye. All right. Oh. Coming up next, we'll ignore that. Bring Lionel Messi to Major League Soccer. It's time to find the sharp. Brought to you by PropSwap, where smart sports bettors buy and sell sports bets. Go to PropSwap.com today and find the very best odds. All right, Nate won PSG easily yesterday. So, Nate, looking for your second in a row, where would you like to go today? All right, we're going to go to the overnight A-League game. Sydney Wanderers over Melbourne. Oh, we love this one. Yes, thank you. Western Sydney Wanderers. They play at 2.05 a.m. Pacific time. You can watch it on ESPN+. Plus. Thank you. We appreciate that pick a lot. Yep. I'll talk to you tomorrow. All right. Thanks, you, Nate. Of course you will. You're picking <laughs> soccer. Oh. Talk to you next Wednesday. Listen. You keep winning. Listen, that might, that's, that's a risky pick. That's a really? risky. He, he, I mean... 
He could have picked Barcelona or uh, Atletico Madrid. Both have games today where they should be pretty big favorites. So he, he had some easier games he could have picked. Like, can we – what are the rules here? Because I don't really know any of the rules on this show. Um, so can, like, he pick, like, Gorman Baseball? I guess. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> at, we sort of are. So we first, you had to pick a line, but then soccer, okay. <laughs> soccer doesn't really have a line, and so then we sort of just went, all right, pick soccer, and then people started picking baseball, and no one wanted to look up the run line. Okay. So. So your answer is yes. <laughs> we, yeah, if you want to pick Bishop Gorman, yeah, go for sure. it. I, I got no problem with it. If you pick and, Bishop Gorman, though, you have to tell us if they want, because. Yeah. I will not know. That is accurate. We will just call well, you the next day, and you can yes. tell us whether they won or not, and okay. that'll be it. That'll be good. I just uh, the rules seem to change, but uh, I'm with you. I'm with you. <laughs> yes, the rules do change every day. Yeah, All right. like that's fine. <laughs> important, important soccer story here. Um, there's a there's I a don't reporter. Believe you. Listen, they're all important, Jared. You guys have not gotten enough soccer. I, listen, I to be honest with you, we've talked about the Super League every day, and guess what? We're going to do it again today in Bischoff's Briefs. Oh, but Lord. I think I could have done much more soccer this entire week. Like, I think I, we have missed a lot of soccer this entire week. I could have probably done three hours worth of soccer at least twice this week. It would have been great. So yeah, my, email's, my email's been blowing up about that. <laughs> so... <laughs> There's a reporter, an Argentinian reporter, who's based in London, and he reported yesterday that Lionel Messi is interested in playing for Inter Miami of Major League Soccer in a few years. Messi's 33. Conceivably, he's got a few more years of playing as one of the best players in the world. He might leave Barcelona at the end of this year. Um, and if he does, he could play somewhere else in Europe, conceivably. And then come to Major League Soccer and play for Inter Miami and David Beckham's team. If a 36-year-old Lionel Messi came to Major League Soccer, how many of his games would you watch? Uh, more so than I do now, for sure. I'd, I'd watch his, I'd watch his games if I could. I mean, I know I'd watch. I mean, you know, would I uh, miss something that I you know want to do more? Like, is it, you know, there are some games like I'll say I got to watch a game. I got to tape that no matter what. It wouldn't be that sense, but it would interest me interest me more than maybe I am now, for sure. I would plan my days around it. I would plan well, my dude, weekends around it. Dude, you were watching the A's and the Twins yesterday. It's not a big leap to say if Lionel Messi comes, you're not going to watch his games. Why wouldn't I be watching the A's and the Twins? It was like no. Four the question in the is, afternoon. why would you be? Oh, yeah, man. No, yeah. Why wouldn't I? It's it's since the A's and the Twins are on. Why wouldn't oh. it was it was ten to ten after nine innings. It was fun. <laughs> And then wow. the A's don't even need a hit to walk off. But yeah, I would yeah, plan my days you, around. You Lionel missed Messi. a walk off. I did because there were two outs and they yeah. didn't even get a hit. I didn't miss a single hit. I did. I missed the worst walk off in the history of walk offs. Like you asked, what's the worst way to win a game? That's it, Jared. That's it. Okay, no hits. I just I three runs. I spend way too much since you. And by the way, I'm on that. You're killing me with tell me how that link of when I can look at my phone or how much I've been on it. It's just I wish you would have <laughs> never done that. I wish you would have never told me about that. But I'm on Twitter a lot. Give me in a in a. Let's just. I don't want to do a day a week. How much time you spend watching sports? Okay, can I? I do have a, a clarification on that. What is your definition of watching sports? Because when I say I was watching, there's a game on television, and you're sitting down, and you're someone. I'm not saying you're watching every pitch of a nine inning game, but there's a game on TV, and you were your main concern at that moment is what's on television. 
Right. Okay. So like yesterday, I say I was watching the A's and the Twins. It was on TV. I was working on other stuff on my computer. Like it was not my prime. It was more of a, oh, I heard a loud noise and I look up to see what's happening type of event. So if that counts, I'm watching sports like every second of the day in 30 minutes i'm gonna put on i'm gonna put on an italian soccer game while we finish the show um but if we're talking like genuinely invested in what we're doing eh, a few hours a day i mean most astros games i'm that way every arsenal game i'm that way and then there'll be some other fun games that i watch so probably four or five hours a day of genuinely invested and then you know another 10 of it's on tv it's on my tv and jeez there's a lot of hours in the day. What oh, else am I doing? Throw on a Netflix or something. Some kind of hey, documentary hey, listen, every once listen. in a while. I started Game of Thrones on HBO Max. Oh, I've seen. I've you started did. That. Yeah. So I've seen a. Oh, good for episodes. you. Okay. Yeah. I, I take back. I take back what I said. If you're going to go through yeah. Game of Thrones and you've taken a little step up, that good for you. Yeah. I like that. Well, I'll good watch that. Some of it. We'll see yeah. how long it takes me to finish. <laughs>